You are at war with yourself and likely don't realize it. Your thoughts, beliefs, habits, and actions often sabotage you. Are they helping you overcome adversity or setting you up for failure? To win this battle, you must connect with your inner warrior. We all have a warrior within us, one that strengthens our resolve and helps us to rise to meet life's challenges. If you're just surviving rather than thriving, then it's time to embrace the warrior archetype, live the warrior ethos, and ascend. If you are a veteran, first responder, or someone looking to take charge of your life, find your tribe, and then be the hero of your own story, this podcast is for you. Join Mike Kinney and Matt Hastings, two retired U.S. Army officers who served in U.S. Army Special Operations and Army Aviation units, as they share with you optimal performance practices they learned in their time with the Military and Warriors Ascent, a 501c3 nonprofit that helps veterans and warriors with PTS. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Warriors Ascent podcast with your hosts, Matt and Mike. And we are episode, I'm sorry, season two, episode five. This is uh, thinking critically, critical thinking, quality, and clarity of thought. And what we're going to reference is the miniature guide to critical thinking, concepts, and tools by Dr. Richard Paul and Linda Elders. So some backstory there. You know, these are some of the materials that you know, they used with us when I was in the Commander General Staff College as, uh, as a major. Um, I found them to be very, very useful, very, very applicable, and bringing it back to, I'll say, previous lessons and the overarching framework of what it is that we're trying to achieve here. We talk of, from healing to high performance. We talked about clarity of thought and thinking in as much as it relates to cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Your thoughts drive your emotions, drive your actions, limiting beliefs, things of that nature. Cognitive, cognitive distortions, which um, obviously affect perception and things of that nature. What we'll talk about today is a little bit more high order. This would fall into the realm of, of high performance, really trying to enhance quality of thought, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So the intellectual standards. So starting out, let me ask this. So people talk about critical thinking, logic, and reasoning, but what constitutes all of the above? So we can talk in you know, generalities and, and things of that nature, but what does it really look like? And so how do you conceptualize critical thinking to discipline your thoughts and your reasoning skills? Wouldn't it be nice if we could reduce critical thinking into its constituent parts and also apply some standards by which the quality of your thought could be measured? Wouldn't that be cool? Well, you're in luck because that is what we'll talk Imagine about that. in <laughs> this lesson today, in this episode. So we'll start with elements of thought, and I'll bring it back to you, Matt, because one of the first things I thought about when I looked at this, this list of elements was the military decision-making process yeah. and all the planning that we have to do in the military and how much of the operations orders or O plans, con plans, or whatever it might be, by and large, I'll say, had as its components, you know, elements of this purpose, informa you know, information, yeah. data, the question or the problem at hand, the tactical or operational problem, et cetera, right. et cetera. So with that being said, yeah. 
What's your experience? Well, for me, you know, okay, so I came this I came at it as a helicopter pilot, an assault helicopter pilot. So I'm going to bring troops to an objective at an exacting time. And in order to do that, you know, we have to go through this whole process. But throughout my career, once, you know, I was always at the level where we executed the tip of the spear, you know, Mm -hmm. and the planners, which a lot of times I was part of um, or cells of the planning, you know, and maybe I'm just thinking inside of one box. Maybe I'm just drawing routes um, to the objective area and alternate routes or something like that. But as time got going and I got more senior, I became a flight lead. When you became that person, you and the commander had to get right in each other's pocket to understand the higher order of stuff, to understand, like, what is the bigger objective? That's exactly it. What is the bigger intent? What is that next level commander thinking in the event that something goes wrong while we're going that we didn't think of? Even though we're going to think of a bunch of contingencies, Mm -hmm. something still would happen and we could make actions occur that would still get us towards the objective or finalizing the the outcome we want. And I think, you know, like the way I developed that was through courses of action and I needed something fast. And I would, I would be in the first helicopter and somewhere in the third helicopter, usually five helicopters in a row, right? right. The commander's back in the third and I would need to know something now. And so I'd give him three options every time. So it was um, the three courses of action or B. And I kind of did this as a salesman. I, d- I did one where I really wanted it to be the one I wanted. One was a throwaway. <laughs> yeah. One was and the a other throwaway. was a hybrid, right? That's, that's, well, no, that's, one was like, that was, yeah, that was I'll take typical. it. I don't really want this one, but I'd take it. That would work, you know. But now I'd be like, I need to know now. So I'd usually get what I wanted because the way I'd sell it or something, you know, somebody's usually the commander might have some piece of information I didn't know about and give me another direction or something like that. But it was imperative in timing and everything and to maintain that critical thinking rather than the whole, oh, no, time frame and like, oh, uh, the delays in thinking and like to have that critical already kind of pre-mapped out idea that just had a, a space that we're going to, you know, and I can. I can flex on my way to it if I have to. Mm-hmm. I think it was what was important about the military decision-making process. So I walked away with that in my life too. And it was kind of drove people a little bit nuts, but I still kind of do the three courses of action thing, you know, in a lot of parts of my life, you know, and I, and I kind of do the same thing. This is kind of what I'm going for. This is one to take and then the throwaway. <laughs> Yeah, no, three COAs, as we used to say, but no, you've talked about a few different things, some of which we'll get to with this, but whether it's called commander's intent, that's, you know, when I was in, and then a little bit later on, it kind of evolved into, you know, mission command. And what that's all about is, well, you know, the plan or the commander, they may have in their mind how it is the mission will be accomplished, tactical tasks and things of that nature. It's never too prescriptive in that hey, right. in the end, if the plan goes to heck, you know, and what's the, what's the, you know, the, the military adage, you know, no, no plan survives first contact. Yeah. That as long as you could accomplish the mission, the intent, the commander's intent, and even if you've got to deviate from the original plan, um, hey, so be it, but always go, you know, always come to the table with a plan, but 
applying these, you know, speaking to these elements of thought in as much as they relate to, you know, our, our planning process. And quite frankly, beyond that, right? So purpose, goals, and objectives, right? So any thought, any argument, any theory or hypothesis, right? Assertion, anything that you're going to posit as, all right, hey, I'm going to make this, I'm, I'm going to try to make this argument or um, whatever it might be. Again, po positive theory, a, hypo a working hypothesis in mm -hmm. business could be a multitude of things. There has to be goals and objectives associated with that. So I mentioned that, you know, the, the, the tactical, you know, or, or uh, operational problem at hand, you know, what is it that you're solving? Right. Um, exactly. Because without that, you're, you're just pontificating. What, what's the purpose behind, you know, all of that logical thought and reasoning? You know, you're solving a problem. Next is uh, the question or the issue at hand, right? The problem or the issue, right? So clearly, all right, well, what is it that we're doing? In your case, I need to move men, weapons, and equipment onto the objective in order to, whatever it might be, right. seize a piece of terrain, um, sat, you know, I mean, I know you weren't a, you weren't a gunship guy, you were, uh, you know, Blackhawk guy, but, you know, for, for the gunship behaviors, you know, saturating an objective, you know, suppression, whatever it might be. Right. But uh, the issue at hand, you know, what is it that you're doing, right? So next, information. So in, I'll say, MDMP parlance, facts, you know, facts bearing on the problem, assumptions, limitations, and constraints, all ways of framing the problem with here's what we know, right? Here's what we can count on. Here's what we have at our disposal. The assumptions were a little different. Here's kind of what we don't know, but we're going to make assumptions we're going to speculate. that are both valid and necessary. And that was always the criteria. You don't make assumptions just for no reason. You make assumptions in order to continue planning while maybe not necessarily having the information required to continue that plan. So your assumptions would both have to be necessary. I need to make this assumption in order to plan appropriately, but valid, you know, in that you're not just making stuff up. I mean, you know, again, with an assumption you can't possibly know, but they, it can't be just the enemy, the enemy's going to lay down their weapons and give up. That would be an invalid assumption. You know, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't one. count on that. No, exactly. So interpretation and inference. And I think, I mean, you can see that in the military. You can see that, geez, in politics, in the news, people will throw facts up, data, whatever it might be, and say, hey, this is clear proof of whatever. Quite frankly, it's all open to interpretation. So I'd say, right. in, perspective, in, sure. in many regards, people don't even go that far. They won't speak to data or facts or, or, or anything like that. Um, observations, experience, evidence, any sort of evidence or artifacts. They, they just say, hey, I, I feel this and hence it makes it true, which is super faulty. I'd say next to that is the interpretation of those facts. And that's, I think, where things go awry as well. How is it that you interpret that data and then extrapolating it? What does it really mean, right? So that I think is, is another you know, important aspect you know, so that, so that interpretation and inference that you draw from those conclusions, very important as well. Concepts, theories, definitions, laws. So the military, we've got a variety of them, right? So, uh, geez, what is it? The, the principles of war, mass, offensive, maneuver, right? The acronym MUSMUS, you know, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. This is how we're going to do it. Yeah. Right, all geared towards 
I'll say disciplining your mind to account for these different, I'll call them theories in the application of, of forces and combat power and whatever it might be. But theory often informs action. But at the same time, taking, I'll say, a theoretical abstraction and then applying it concretely, right? Like, all right, hey, theoretically, you know, you could talk about counterinsurgency as an example, winning hearts and minds. Okay, how do you go about that? You know, that's where the rubber meets the road. Right. But having your actions or your theory, you know, whatever it might be, in, informed by theory is very important as well. So those, those concepts, those definitions, those laws and principles that you abide by, that'll say govern your planning, your actions, you know, are very important. And I'll speak for the military. A lot of them are, are I'll say, codified in doctrine, best practices that, you know, over centuries, if not millennia, you know, we've seen in, in, in warfare, again, massing on the objective, maneuver, you know, in terms of being able to move around the Right. Battle space, et cetera, et cetera. Um, do they apply in every situation? No, not all the time. But I think those that can apply those best will, will fare will fare best. What I think is interesting about all of this makes me be very mindful of solutions at all times. Like if I try to apply these kind of concepts into my life, it all for some reason just makes me feel solutions driven. You know, like I'm always trying to solve a problem, and if I attack everything like that like you know it just keeps order for my thinking actually like if i do have big problems i have a, i have a method to go towards it you know being solution focused yeah versus i mean problem focused i mean problem definition is very important but yeah i mean that's what i mean in as i go through all these steps that. you know and it's yeah. it, to me this is is the mdmpa what is the situation what's the problem i gotta solve mm-hmm where are my players? What are my enemy? What's the train? Mm-hmm. What time? What's weather? What's, you know, all the things I need to look at. I can look at all these things. What are the implications? What's the data? What's the emotions? You know, all the things and kind of just put it all together and figure out what am I going to do with this? You know, how can I move forward to solve whatever is going on? You know, that's absolutely right. <clears throat> So I, military decision-making process really is nothing more than, you know, was it 13 steps, right? Yeah. And a codification of problem-solving process, for lack of a better description. Yeah, great process. Right. You know, tried and true. And, you know, there may be people that are like, all right, hey, we'll dissect this problem on our own. But in true military fashion, they try to structure your thinking. Not to be formulaic and lockstep necessarily. You know, we, we, they used to say in Sam's. Be a master of the process. Don't be mastered by the process. Meaning if you've got to deviate, but you know why you're deviating, well, then so be exactly. it. What I like about it is it really structures your thinking in a productive way. That's one. Number two, especially in the military, you know, we can talk about this in terms of individual, right? Quality of thought. But for, for planning, what you're trying to do in essence is give people a common framework from which to work so that everyone's Logic and reasoning is, is, is disciplined or you're working off the same sheet of music, the same standards, which is why, you know, some people, you know, maybe that are not military go, oh my God, typical military guys, they've got, you know, the, the, the one step, you know, two steps, three step, very, very mechanistic, very lockstep and very structured and, and, you know, inflexible. Well, not necessarily. No. Number one, you know, number two, there's some benefits to that. 
Because the, the antithesis of that is what I, you know, we see resident in society today, chaos, where there's yeah. no quality of thought. It's yeah. all emotions and feelings devoid of any, you know, facts or theory or historical precedent or has this ever worked in the past or have we seen right. anything like this in the past and how has it worked out? You know, and that in large measure is what a lot of military doctrine is predicated on is, hey, we've seen this before and it has not worked out well or the, the opposite. We've done this before and this has worked quite well for us. So while we're not going to be too doctrinaire, you know, and, you know, lack, I'll say the contextualization of this. However, if it's worked in the past, why don't we have that as our going in proposition, you know, and then deviate from there where applicable. So that's what I like about it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, assumptions, as we've mentioned before, right, valid and necessary. There are tons of unknowables. And if you're paralyzed by the notion that you can't know everything, you're never going to take action. So there are always instances where you've got to make assumptions, but at the same time, you need to be able to justify them. Like, all right, hey, this is, again, valid and necessary, but, but valid in as much as could this in fact be the case or am I completely out of left field? And a lot of times, again, it's that historical precedent that you fall back on and say, I don't have all the facts, but this very much looks like something we've seen in the past. So that's saying that history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Well, <laughs> that, might, that might inform some of your assumptions based on, again, historical precedent. Um, implications and consequences. Again, another thing that, you know, I see resident all the time is second and third order effects. All right. If you make this decision, what, what are the potential consequences? Oh, everything's going to work out famously or every <laughs> perfectly. Or what, what might be some of the other things? <laughs> and we, we could all tell a million stories of, oh, we didn't see that coming or, right. you know, case in point, I mean, bringing it back to, you know, the military. You know, I think a lot of people think when we went into the Middle East, Iraq and Afghanistan, that people would embrace democracy. Who doesn't want to be free? Right. So, um, and, and have a say so in their lives and agency and a variety of other things. And, and what we found, you know, the consequences of that and, you know, some, again, some faulty assumptions, number one, number two, the consequences are that didn't really work out all that well when you're trying to foist upon you know, a certain culture, culture and society, a governmental structure that, you know, culturally they're not well suited to, um, right. you know, and, and, you know, we bear the consequences for that. Um, and then we, you know, we, I'm not going to get all political, but we see the, you know, a, a lot of political decisions that quite frankly, many people are like, well, we know what's going to happen. We, we can see what's coming. And a couple years later, right, next thing you know, it's like, oh my God, crime's up and this and that. Really? Okay. No one said those are called consequences. You'd be well served to at least in your mind, conceptualize that this might happen rather than, oh my God, I never saw that yeah, coming. Well, yeah, exactly. Again, so that gets back to, you know, my, my contention that our quality of thought today is, is lacking. And then lastly, point of view, and this is an interesting one too. Um, in that everyone's got a bias, conservative versus liberal, um, you know, and there's obviously more than that. There's religious, there's, you know, background, there's a multitude of things. But if you're really going to discipline your thought and be an honest broker, I'll say, you, you've got to entertain other people's points of view and their perspective from, from where they've come from. And you may not 
embrace it. You may not really deep down say, oh, hey, I agree with that. But if you can't at least entertain that and say, okay, their perspective based on, you know, because what do they say? Where you sit is where you stand, right? Right. Same thing. Okay. Hey, this is what I think their stance would be based on the way they were brought up. Were you brought up rich, middle class, poor? Um, I mean, that's a different perspective. I always kind of like that in the big briefings we would attend and the ST would stand up and play the enemy role and act and think as yeah. the enemy and brief like they're the enemy and actually speak. I'm going to do these actions to you. Like, and it's like, they, that's, that's uh, dude, that's a great example. Like red teaming, you know, so yeah. blue four, you know, blue force, you know, for those that don't know are, are the good guys, red, red force, you know, red team. That's the bad guys, but please, you know, continue, continue with that line of thought. Yeah. So a good red team will say, Hey, I see what you're doing. This is what I'm thinking. Yeah. And this is what I'm going to do much to the chagrin of, of, of the planners that are right. like, oh, man, I didn't think of that. But yeah. No, I didn't continue. think of that. And it's like, that's the whole point is to, where are the holes in our plans? Where, right. you know, how will other things like society and civilians on the battlefield, what are those things that could be, you know, major, like, is, is there a political thing is there somehow we can be set up on video camera like i remember a couple times when it was hey don't fly anywhere near baghdad today like what like we fly across baghdad all the time you know it's like well we're kind of afraid today that they're going to use video as propaganda and say that it was something else you know and kind of gaslight people in the in in that so that was pretty interesting orders those days you know and we just steer clear areas and so there was a lot of different um based on point of view and perception yeah and they they can use that very easily um because i mean it's happening all all over the news right now um not sure which perspective to listen to you know because just being like who's telling the right truths right now it's really difficult thing to go through and try to drop emotions and be critical thinker to figure out like, man, who should I be supporting right now and what's going on in all these events? Oh, so you bring up another point that we could really break down, but point of view, but point of view and, and somebody's intent, you know, the, the, the intent behind what it is that they're saying, um, yeah, is, is, is not to be discounted as well, like somebody's perspective, there's a, there's a reason, there's a motive, you know, behind what people say or what they don't say or the way they right. interpret things based on that, based on that point of view. So anymore, it's like how long it took them to do a tweet means something, you know, it's like, wow, there's so many nuances. Yeah, no, that's crazy. So we'll move on very quickly to universal intellectual standards. So I'll say mm -hmm. somewhat related. But so making arguments and assertions properly. So clarity, accuracy, precision, relevance, depth, breadth, logic, and then fairness. And we'll speak to each of these. So clarity, it's the prerequisite for assessing the other's standards, right? And an example would be, you know, what can be done about education in the U.S.? Well, that lacks a lot of clarity if you're going to. I mean, ask the question, like, well, what specifically do you mean? I mean, that is such a, an amorphous 
large problem. I mean, if you're really going to go and structure an inquiry or whatever it might be, or make an assertion, you know, that there's, there's a lot to be said there. Is it good? Is it bad? You know, what's to be done? What do you mean? Is it good? Is it bad? What specifically? You know, versus something like, you know, the U.S. educational system is faltering because we don't have common standards that can be applied all throughout each individual school, particularly in the areas of mathematics and STEM. And then, okay, now you've got something more to work with. You've got something that you can at least all agree on, you know, terms of reference, right? And you're, you're all right. speaking to the same thing. It, it, by and large, we all know the, you know, the problem at issue, the issue at hand. Um, but when it's so nebulous and vague, when it lacks that clarity, it's, it's much harder to argue about. People are talking past one another. Next is accuracy, right? Trueness. Can what you're saying be validated or confirmed? And that's where people are like, well, everyone thinks this. Who's, who's everyone? Right. And what I don't do they think? think? Yeah, right. I don't think that. Yeah. Or, or, you know, most people, most people, is that 51%? Is that 75%? Is that, you know, what is that? And then precision, I'll say somewhat related. People conflate accuracy and precision. Accuracy yeah. is really more the trueness. Hey, is this true or not? Precision is geared more towards, uh, I'll say how, I don't want to use the same word, precise, but as it says, yeah, specificity, detail, granularity, yeah. like rather than making a generality, okay, let's really neck down, as I kind of mentioned before, is it 35%? Is it 10%? Is it, you know, versus, oh, the majority, okay, the majority can be 51% or it can be 99 right. or 100 percent, right, you know, exactly. I mean, there's no real granularity there in terms of okay. precision. Relevance is the other one. Relevance is, is where people <laughs> will bring up an issue that has nothing to do yeah. with what it is that you're arguing. And we see that all the time. I mean, you know, I, I'll say gun control or gun violence and, you know, the assault rifles, the assault rifles. You can also say, hey, red herring, too. But it's like, okay. Uh, how many people annually are killed by, you know, assault rifles versus knives versus guns versus car accidents? Well, is that really, you know, I mean, you can argue relevance, but it's like, is, is that really, you know, is that relevant to the issue at hand in terms of, we'll say gun deaths? I would submit to you that there are more gun deaths by pistol as an example. Not to speak about, you know, a polarizing issue, but that, that is an example where, I think you know, the relevance is kind of, eh. I think people in arguments now, <clears throat> they do, they pull this one on you all the time and pull something that's not relevant because you're maybe given too many facts or winning the argument. So they say, well, this happened and you're like, oh, what does that have right. to do with this? Well, I mean, that's you know the red I mean? herring or yeah, the just, straw man is the other yeah, one where they'll, they'll, they'll present your argument. Um, a weak one at that, way. you know, in, inappropriately. It's mm -hmm. like, that is not my argument at all, but that's a one that you can relate to it and tear it down easily. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I used to have flight students do that to me all the time when I would ask them, you know, hard questions. And they'd be like, uh, I don't know the answer to that, but here's a whole bunch of stuff I did study. And it's like, yeah, good job on that, but, but that's I'm not, not asking you that's, that. Exactly. <laughs> that's not relevant to keeping no, this I'm aircraft. I'm never going to ask you that. <laughs> to, to, to keeping this aircraft aloft. Right. The other ones, you know, depth and breadth, you know, you, you want enough depth, you want enough information on a particular topic. It shouldn't be just superficial, right? You know, a, a micron, a micron deep, right? 
But then correspondingly, depth, you should have a, a, a wide swath of knowledge with regard to a particular topic. And that may encapsulate, you know, varying other arguments, various other arguments or, you know, other data points or, or whatever. But that's not, I'll say so much cherry picking the data set as it is, right. okay, I'm going to give a treatment of, you know, a, a broad body of knowledge and, and, and come to what I feel to be the best conclusion. Um, logic, right? Really nothing more than do you have facts and assertions, right? And do your, do your facts substantiate those, dis, you know, those assertions? Does A plus B equal C? You're out. Yeah. Or are you throwing up a bunch of stuff and saying, and clearly this leads to this conclusion and you're like, and it's a, what, what do they call it? A non sequitur, right? Does not follow. I don't see how you got from here to there. That's not a good argument. That's not logical. Your, your, your data and argumentation doesn't lead us to a logical conclusion. People just throw up a big smoke screen of, of irrelevant facts and mm -hmm. figures. Mm. And then lastly, fairness. You know, so fairness in as much as entertain the other argument you know, and take it on its merits. And a good argument will, will uh, I'll say, uh, you know, look at someone else's points and, and lend credence to that, but then be able to be able to uh, argue against it, you know, but they've done due diligence in that they at least understand the basic facets or framework of the other argument and are able to say, and here's, here's your argument, I get it, and here's why I don't believe that, and here's facts that then corroborate or substantiate. Mm -hmm. right? So in the end, just to kind of sum up real fast, key takeaways, what constitutes critical thinking? Well, my thoughts are, right, the elements of thought that we mentioned. And then also universal intellectual standards that we've outlined. We'll have them in the show notes. Um, and that way you can, you know, you can look at them. And also I'll invite everyone's attention to, you know, this little book here, which is The Miniature Guide to Critical Thinking Concepts and Tools, again, by Dr. Richard Paul and Dr. Linda Elder. And they've got a variety of ones, fallacies, the art of mental trickery and manipulation. A variety of really great little pamphlets that I'll say are great resources to discipline your thinking. I know another goal that people should have, and that's to help us grow this thing. So hit like and share and help us grow our podcast. We appreciate that, brother. All right, All right. man. We'll see you. Hi, Matt Hastings here, sending a thank you for watching this episode of the Warriors Ascent podcast. You know, we strive to build a community of warriors made up of our nation's veterans and first responders, and to reach as many of those in need as possible, we need your help. Please just smash that like button and comment or share our content. Warriors Ascent is a Kansas City-based nonprofit that aids veterans and first responders with PTS. I went through this effective program and want those that are struggling to find what I found. Check us out on our website at warriorsascent.org.